I'm really excited um, to be with you, Hans-Peter, and that we can, um, I mean, that we can experience this, uh, this journey together and also with our audience. And let me maybe make the, a quick introduction. Why another webinar? And we have, um, I think that when we look at, um, and we'll tell a little bit more about Hans-Peter myself, our backgrounds, what we know is that from a sustainability perspective, we are going into the wrong direction. Even if we have ESG, we still are not mastering this whole transformation. Um, and I think that... Um, it is absolutely worth that every one of us contributes, that we are doing whatever is possible, that we are slowing down the depletion of the natural resources in such a way that we are not using, like right now, uh, 1.5 or 1.5 planets, and we're moving towards the, the factor of our two planets, as well as our waste production, especially also on the plastic side, um, I mean, happily growing and doubling uh, in a few years. So, um, so we thought let's do a webinar, a create a space where we can share, collaborate, inspire each other, and uh, and let's also keep it short and crisp. Reason why we want to have really. Um, or make it to 30 to 35 minutes. So we want to use today to introduce ourselves and also to uh, review certain um, the topics that we want to um, do or go to, together with you. It's about presenting ourselves. It is about the lessons that Hans-Peter, or well-known also under HP, uh, what we went through, and also the changes in sustainability, what led us to senior executives to become really passionate about that. So the stage is yours now, Hans-Peter. Thank you, Catherine. I think I couldn't have done it much better, the whole introduction. But also a warm welcome to uh, whoever is now live, joining us live. But I think as Katrin probably also mentioned, for those of you who can't make it now, we will, of course, make it available on LinkedIn, the video afterwards. It's recorded so you can look at it, listen at it on your own leisure. So myself, I'm a senior retail executive. I have over 30 years of experience at a European top three European fashion retailer. And there I have broad experience in, in various functions across the whole value chain of this retailer and in cross-cultural environments. And when I say roles across the whole value chain, it goes from being a buyer, buying sourcing, over merchandise planning, then uh, becoming a CEO of a startup within the group, then moving on into a COO role in a country organization, then a side stream in uh, heading the European marketing operations department, and then becoming also the CEO of the implementation of a new European store concept. And interestingly, in the last five and a half years, I moved 
from more operational roles into transformation. So first I headed a recovery and transformation program for roughly a year, a year and a half. And the last four, four and a half years, I was the head of uh, transformation program management. It was a large omni-channel transformation that this retailer is undergoing. So this is a bit my background. So it's in the fashion industry, in the business to consumer environment, in a very fast pace. Retailing is a very fast pace environment, but it's also very interesting because yeah, you directly get response from consumers if what you have done is right, appreciated or not. So that's something for me. Catherine, you have a totally different past behind you. So do you want to share? Sure. Um, I think that when when listening um, to your to your background and uh, HP and I, we know each other now three and a half months, um, and um, it is it is so beautiful to see this um, wide area of expertise and roles and responsibilities. Um, and that goes then to the table that you bring to the table of sustainability and circularity. Well, on my side, I have been always haunted by transformations. Um, usually headhunters came to me and said, okay, uh, we have a project or there is something which goes wrong in that company. Can you go and help? So I got engulfed into consulting. Um, I've done it from the inside of companies as well as working with consultancy firms. And I've spent the last uh, almost 25 years with uh, large consultancy firms in the benefits area. And I have been uh, chief technology officer uh, head of administration, benefits administration, uh, rolling out uh, whole concepts on the continent, um, still not surpassed by um, the competition, even now, almost 20 years later, with everything what we've achieved at that, that time. And my last role within corporate has been as Mercer's Switzerland CEO, and also as board member of Marsh, McLennan uh, and companies in Switzerland. And um, in 2018, I decided to step down because I wanted to finally, instead of always cleaning up, changing, uh, making sure everything was uh, working also with clients, I thought, well, I want to study the impact of business or sustainability on business models. So it was very early in the in the curve with regard to ESG. And I'm so glad I did it because also today I'm, I, I'm working on my dissertation um, because as CEO, you cannot do a dissertation um, aside. That is not feasible when you have 15 to 16 hour days. And um, also working with senior executives on how a legacy, especially when you, when you put on top of that sustainability, how remarkable a legacy can be for the business as well as for you as a person. Great. That's a very impressive career, I would say, that you have. And now being a student again, I think that's also interesting. Very <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think I, I think maybe what would be interesting for the audience that uh, I think yeah you have been <laughs> your more or less your whole career in the field of change in the field of transformation. I only let's say only the last seven years. Uh, should we maybe share a little bit what are which lessons have we personally taken out of this change programs, this transformation programs, and uh, share with our with our audience? You wanna just reflect Absolutely. on that, Catherine? So I'm putting the timer on just to make sure that I'm not, you know, because this is a, a long, long, or could become a long story. Um, I think as a premise, what I would like to always remind each of us, whenever we go through a change or transformation, organizations are filled with human beings. So I think that with that said, you are embarking, if you want or not, in a series of emotional roller coasters. And it can be of uh, with, with people, with team members, it can be also with your senior management. Uh, it can be, I mean, it's really, um, it's something which is alive. And I think it is really important that we are using these emotional roller coasters. Like, I mean, Kubler-Ross, has shown the step, I think the seven steps that someone goes through from the shock, the realization, the shock until people catch up. But it is normal. But when you use these, uh, when you allow these emotional roller coaster to happen, um, you, can, you can win so much. And I would like to give you two examples. The first one, I was still very young. I came back to my first employer and to fix an IT application problem. And the first day I came back, one person came to me and said, Catherine, nothing against you, but we are going to do everything we can for you to fail in your project. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> I can just tell you that in the end, this person and I, we were sitting in the basement and we were translating together screens of the application from German in French and Italian. So you can make it happen and you should always allow other people to also to uh, go along this emotional roller coaster. The second example I would like to share with you is, I recall we had an SAP implementation to do or to get the buy-off of the CEO. <laughs> and I, um, I was sitting there and uh, I, I just came, I think six days before to the company. And um, so the project manager was presenting the, I mean, uh, what the people, what the team members wanted to, uh, what they had decided taking here SAP and how they wanted to, uh, to move forward. And I recall that the CEO just all of a sudden jumped up and went to the door and said, oh, I don't believe you. And I don't want this to end in 20 millions. And I said, no. And I was only, you know, a young person, but there are opportunities where also on the political side, it is really important to catch back, I mean, decision makers. And he stood at the door and he looked at me like, who is that one? And I said, I'm going to show you how we're going to master and not 
uh, surpass 1.5 million Swiss francs. And we did it. So Good. roller coaster, really important. The second thing is, for me, change, just to change is not, is not relevant. Um, because if there's not a vision, how can you really take on people? And when you really take them on, at one point in time, when you allow them to be part of the journey, they are going to own this vision and to bring something personal in it. So these are my two takeaways. Great. Thank you. <clears throat> I think I, the, the takeaways I have mirror more or less what you have said, Catherine. I would maybe say I don't I cannot I don't want to give an example, but I think for me it all and that is I think your example of the CEO who stood up for me it all starts with you need you absolutely need leadership commitment. If you don't have leadership commitment, it can be quite of a tough ride. Mm -hmm. Second, you also mentioned that I think you need a very clear vision and a good strategy for your change for your transformation. Uh, that you can outline also to everyone how you want to achieve uh, a goal. Then I think from my reflections, what I would say is any change, any transformation needs to have good leadership. It needs mm -hmm. to be well-managed and it needs good governance. So in order to be uh, successful. Also, you said people. I think, luckily, we um, most uh, most companies are working with people, and people are the assets. Mm -hmm. That I would I would even call it stakeholders. So you need to understand who are the stakeholders that are involved, internal, external. You have good understanding what is their interest, and then you need to engage with them. And then comes the next topic that is uh, you need to have a good change management in itself, a good story. You need a change story that you can get the buy-in and you can uh, you need to get the people involved because there is nothing uh, more boring if people are really deconnecting so you need to get them involved and that you and that you need to transfer the story and then when you have a good story then it's about communication i always mm -hmm. say you cannot over communicate 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 involve people uh, Tell them what you wanna what you wanna achieve. Tell them what are the benefits, but also be honest. Tell them what are the challenges and what are the changes because there will be change coming. And then in a, in a transformation or in a change, I think it's also important that you have predefined metrics that you measure progress and that then also communicate the achievements that you have achieved. And I think lastly, my learning, my key takeaway is be agile. Because you need mm -hmm. to continuously, uh, you know, review, continuously improve. Because any transformation that's a process, and as you called it, the roller coaster, the ups or downs, you, some kind of agility is for me uh, very important. That mm -hmm. I think very bit. Uh, these are my lessons, my learnings from the transformations I made. I'm pretty sure some of you guys in the audience, or if you watch it afterwards. Uh, I'm happy to tell us your learnings. I think we are interested. What you, if you have other learnings, I think that's quite important. I think for us, that's quite good. Shall we go move on to? I think time is also moving. Shall we move on to? Uh, uh, yes, we have 
you have your career, you are now a student, I have my career. We talked about, okay, this is the lessons learned, but uh, yeah, the topic today is sustainability and circularity. Yeah, we met each other four months ago, but how comes that two senior executives out of the corporate world suddenly are advocates and so passionate about sustainability and the circular economy? You want to reflect on that? Uh, what, sure. what brought you here? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, well, I have had also a parallel life, which is um, I was taking care of classical singers, opera singers. And for me, there is an before Maria Callas and an after Maria Callas from a technical point and quality of voices. And for me, ESG is a little bit this. There's before and the is the after. And why do I say so? Because... And I'm talking now, again, as a CEO, as a former CEO. When, when you were thinking as your, the legacy you were leaving behind you, or I was leaving behind me, I mean, I could work on the top and bottom line. I could see how to expand our market shares, how to partner with some other people, mergers and acquisitions, how, what, would, what could happen, divest in certain areas, carve out. But in the end, if we look at it, it's kind of achievements. I made great achievements, yes, but did I really leave a legacy behind me? And I was thinking since many years about that. I mean, how can you really get out of the corporate world or in, 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 a, in a work world where you spend so much time and so much effort and you get so many gray hairs also and also laughters? How can you take something with you which is rich and precious? And I think that ESG and also the sustainability is a topic which um, I needed also my time to, um, on my side, time to really grasp what terrific opportunities it would um, give us. And let me tell you two of them. I think as a founder, owner, uh, CEO, and then also with the teams, um, with everyone uh, in the hierarchy, you have the ability to rewrite the DNA of the company, of an existing company. You have the ability to, to define how, how exceptional your footprint will be, how you can contribute to that. And which leads me to another point, which is about competitive edge. When you, when you really work on sustainability and, and circularity and look at it, how can you rewrite the DNA of the company? What are the impacts on the operational side, on your value proposition? What do you need to change? What, what, is about, what about the resiliency of your, of your business model? How can you create closed loops from circularity? How can you... Um, upskill your people, what does it need? You get then, you start to get a roadmap that you can then talk and share either with your board and with your team members and say, okay, what do we need as an attitude, as a, as a leadership style to move together forward? What are the partners with whom we want to do that? 
and also about what is the culture that we need to achieve it. So we go then from this, I mean, the culture also in the strategy. And this is what I call really a legacy. And what brought me to that point was a video that I watched a few months ago where I saw the a video from um, the former and the, the late um, CEO, founder and CEO of Interface um, Tiles, Carpet Tiles, Ray Anderson, and his face, the satis not only the satisfaction, but the happiness of having done and achieved that. And I, in Dusseldorf in, in, um, in December, I saw a person, um, uh, a former CEO who stepped down to become a chief sustainable officer. And I looked at him and I said, you look really happy, don't you? And he said to me, yeah. And you know what? I hope I can do achieve everything before I go or I retire. So that is my part. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> so for me, <clears throat> yeah, I think after a few months of uh, call it sabbatical or uh, timeout last year, I think it was early, early autumn. I had discussions with my family, so my wife, my son, my daughter, and it was all around, uh, okay, so, hey, Dad, what do you want to do the next eight to ten years? And, you know, and when talking to this, these are Gen Z generations and their concerns about their own future and, uh, you know, the news that come in uh, on climate change, on mm -hmm. biodiversity loss, et cetera, et cetera. I think that triggered me that I said, okay, I spent 30 years in the fashion industry. I want to learn more about sustainability. I want to learn more about circular economy. And then there came the course uh, from Cambridge University, where we luckily we both met. And mm -hmm. I have to say, during this, uh, I think it was from mid-November until uh, January, February, mm -hmm. uh, some of the facts that, uh, you know, that were thrown on us and you Googled, I had sometimes I had a very hard period. I have to say, wow, what in God's hell did we do all the last years? Mm -hmm. And I think I realized that I said, look, I think uh, it can, the system, this economy, how we have done it for so long, this, you know, taking things, making, using, and then throwing it away, uh, that needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you are convinced that there is, there should be a new way of doing business decoupling economic activity from taking things from Mother Earth. Uh, and if you say that needs to, then, yeah, you personally need to step in. You need to go into action mode and you need to be the change, lead the change. That, for me, was the point where I said, look, I want to, the legacy, you talked about legacy. I said to myself, my legacy, when I stop in eight or 10 years, I wanted people say he made a positive impact. He was leading the change and he is leading a, a company. He helped companies to become more sustainable, to become more aware of that there is not only profit, but there is also environment, uh, planet and people, society that we also need to take care. So it's the triangle and not only the, the, the P from profit. So for me, that's really that was really the the, the eye opener, and where I I'm, I'm really now yeah I'm 
I'm quite passionate, and I think it's sometimes frustrating when talking to people where you, uh, which not neglect, but uh, say, okay, yeah, it's not too late, and and or let the Chinese or the Indian people let's start there. No, everyone, we all need to have our responsibility. We all need to contribute. So, and that's why I'm, yeah, I'm here, and I wanna, I wanna make my positive impact in the next years. That is so beautiful, and and I recall uh, in one of our prep calls you said um, it is about the sharing and the caring, and yeah. um, I want to highlight that because it it brings it to the to the point. Uh, and I think also I I think that um, we all need to be together in this journey to see what we can do better than before and stop also what continues to be also not done well. Um, because if we look at the companies, we know that approximately 80% of the companies, and I'm focusing only on the business side of, of the ESG and sustainability, um, 80% are just doing the ESG stuff because they have to, but they're not interested. Yeah. And 15% are starting to think, huh, how can we use that and embed it in our operations? And only 5%, I mean, the number is slowly but surely growing, uh, are really living sustainability, circularity, are uh, purpose-driven. And I, I think that when, when we look at the curve, it's, it's crossing. How can we cross a chasm? How, I mean, it's, it's really about that. How can we bring... Um, uh, bring people in this that they learn that they are understand and they, they that they see it as something which is feasible and which is going to help them. I mean, PwC, for instance, um, published today a um, uh, a newsletter where they said um, sustainability is the new profitability or the, the new profitable. So. Yeah. Companies, um, consultancy firms are getting more and more aware of that, are helping the clients. But I think it is also at the individual level because there's so much transformation going on at the operation level, but also at the vision level and as a strategy level that everyone, there's enough space for everybody to contribute. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And I also think, uh, or I'm convinced, that circular economy is an enabler of sustainability because sustainability is, of course, much wider. But also circular economy really offers business opportunities. So this is not just, you know, doing things good and, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and, and losing money. No, circular economy, I think for me, it's the only way forward. So I think this linear economy where we, you know, design products that we already know that after one year is thrown away, it's burned or whatever, that that is not possible in the long run. And circular economy and the the innovation that is going alongside it, uh, there, there are so many business opportunities. Some of those are already explored, but I'm pretty sure, and that's you, I, and all the other people will have a contribution, and, and, and then it starts. And it's, it's so good to see 
just one example. My daughter, she lives in Berlin, and in Berlin, you have, and in Germany in itself, generally, you already have these car sharing systems available. In Berlin, you have different companies, and she's using miles, for example, where they claim to say you are paying for the mileage and not for the for the time. So when you stand in a traffic jam, you don't pay for it, you pay for the for the mileage. And the good thing is, Miles is now moved on to Belgium. You have them now in Antwerp, in Brussels. So it is not ownership, but you know, having access to products and services, what Miles is all about. I think there will be much more um, business models coming up. And I think this is, it's, I think time is now, I think time is, is it's, it's the right timing and more and more businesses will also see that there is money, they can make money and that they can also uh, not lose money, but they can make money with this circular economy model. It, it is yes. about making money and also uh, recreating the value. Um, you have the ability to redefine the customer loyalty, which we lost the last, I would say, seven, eight years with uh, the digital platforms. I mean, platforms in, in general going online. And I think that we can do that. Um, conscious of time, because I don't know if we are going to get cut in one minute or less than one minute. What I would suggest is if you have questions, and this is now to the audience, if you want us to, to spend some time um, on certain topics, please um, share it with us. We are going to take your um, your questions, your input. And um, we want to see also maybe if we can also invite some other people just also for them to share so that we can really create this space where we inspire each other. And um, because it's about giving back also to everyone. Yes, yes. <clears throat> no, I think thank you also, Catherine. I think it's, it, it, I have to, the honor goes to you because you had the idea, you said HP shouldn't be organized, some sharing, some, you know, of our knowledge. And I think for me, this is the first time I'm doing that. But I think it's, as I said, sharing is caring. So, and I'm convinced about it. But uh, yeah, I think let's let's also stick to our 25 to 30 minutes, not overuse the time of our audience. But uh, I think we plan another one next month and let's see if there are, if you guys have any questions, contact Catherine, contact myself, write us some questions or write us proposals. What do you think could be, could be a good topic to explore, to talk about? Uh, but then hopefully, yeah, see you all over. Over, the, over one month, probably. We uh, have not yet decided when exactly we will do it, but we will post it and we will invite again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, HP. It was fun. You have seen we have the same background. We try to <laughs> harmonize everything. Um, and I wish everyone, or we wish everyone, a wonderful uh, end of the week. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, take care. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.